What's up, everybody? Um, my name is Vivian BCK, and welcome back to another episode of Unarmed, a stand-up podcast. So today, I have Corporal Brown and Officer Tanksley. Say hi to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you guys for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. I feel like when it comes to um, just the school-to-prison pipeline and the the idea of officers in schools. We need the perspective of actual officers. So just thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Okay, so Corporal Brown and Officer Tinkley are actually law enforcement in Blainsburg, Maryland. Just to get started, uh, my first question is, um, do you believe that the presence of law enforcement in schools truly improves the relationship between community and police? And I, I can answer that first. So I believe yes. Um, when I was growing up and we had the school resource officers in my high school and uh, I graduated high school in 2004 and I went to high school in um, Baltimore City, Emerson Westside High, the relationship between the students and the police officers were excellent. The, Officers knew the students, the bad students, the good students. Uh, every time we went to the cafeteria for lunch, they was right there giving students a high five, welcoming them into the cafeteria and um, stuff like that. I really didn't see the officers enforcing um, the laws and stuff like that. And they wasn't enforcing the school rules like how I believe some other officers are, are doing now. Um, and we also didn't really think that they were actual like real police officers until one day I seen an officer who was in my school out patrolling, um, patrolling my area where I grew up in, in Baltimore city. And then I stopped and asked him, Hey, well, it's a Saturday and you're not in the school. What's going on? Then he explained to me like, yeah, we are police officers, real police officers. And we do patrol, but our main focus is, is like the school. So he broke that all down to me. And I was like, wow. So y'all, or really police officers in the school. But around that time, I didn't think, I really didn't see them doing a lot of the enforcement and stuff like that. It was still the principals, the teachers, which a lot of people were afraid of. They were, they were afraid to get caught by the principal. They were afraid to get caught by the teachers and stuff like that. The officers were, were just there, I guess, just that, that force. So if somebody did come into the school and try to hurt us, then we would be there to, I mean, then they would be there to protect us. Um, so yeah, I really think that right there, that it, it, it does improve the relationship between the community and, and the police department. And Tanks, PFC Tanks, they worked in a school in Baltimore City, so he, he could add a lot more to that. I would probably say that that's probably one of the most significant things about uh, or one of the greatest things to uh, bridge the gap is having a police officer in the schools to give uh, the students a different outlook on police officers and the communication and the engagement that you're going to get from an officer. As an officer, as a previous uh, school police officer, one of the best things that, that I notice is, is not only do you get to know the, ch the child, but you get to know the family. And that's probably like the biggest thing ever is like you get to impact the whole family instead of just, one person, you get to impact the whole family. So I would say that it's very important for officers to be in the school for not just a deterrence or safety, but also to bridge that gap between community relationship with police officers. Um, I remember that um, 
Waynesburg Police Department actually wanted to um, do more um, community outreach within the schools and doing what um, both of you actually discussed. So can you um, talk more, discuss more about that? Like what the, like the, um, what are some of the things that you guys did um, as a means of like outreach? So um, a couple of years ago, we started something called Lunch with a Cop. So we have seven schools in the town of Bladensburg and the police department would buy pieces and then we would go to the school and we have the school staff pick 15 to 20 kids and we told them pick, um, they could pick the on-road students, they could pick the students that they have problems with. So we just left the selection up to the school and we went in. The smaller kids, they were just happy to see the police and we, we showed them the stuff on, on our duty belt showed them the handcuffs, um, the, the, the baton that we explained to them, like how to cross the street, how to, um, what number to, to dial for an emergency and stuff like that. But it, it really set in when we get to the high school. Bladesburg High School did not want to do it. Well, the students didn't want to do it. The high school said that they were, they were going to pick all of the troublemakers. We like, okay, cool, we down with it. But each school, we go to we send a press release. I mean, yeah, we send a press release out to the news media, and the um, students said they would not take pictures with us. But um, we we went there and, and had an open discussion. It, it started off a little. They were all shy. They didn't want to talk to us. Didn't want to ask us any questions and all. But with the help of Mayor James, um, we was able to get the conversation, get the ball rolling. And I met a young man who um, he had a question about being a part of a gang that he wanted to get out of. And the question was, was anonymous. So I said, I said my answer and told them after this, if, if he wouldn't mind just coming to me and I got to talk to him one-on-one. And he did that. And that, that, this is probably like three years ago. And we still talk to this day. He had my personal phone number. He's out of the gang. Um, he's, um, he's working with his father. He graduated high school. So he's doing things the right way. And, and uh, I'm, I'm happy with that. But yes, we're still, well, once COVID is over, we will still do lunch with a cop. PFC Tanksley is working on um, a mentoring programs that we would like to get into the school. We go around to the schools, talk about gang awareness to the, um, the parents, the teachers, and the students. So we're in the school faithfully walking the halls, giving kids hot fives and, and just trying, just checking in on them. Um, Tank, you want to add something? Yeah. So, so for me, um, another portion of that is, is the mentorship is very big. Also, um, when I was a school police officer, another way that I felt would have been is a great connection is I became the basketball coach and I coached, uh, unfortunately I only could coach the girls, but I seen that the relationship, uh, and the partnership to reach the youth, the trouble, the trouble youth, or like they like to say, at risk youth was through, uh, through a sport. And the reason why is it because it gets to let them digress and see the officer in a different, in a different light. If you always are just in front of them, locking them up and things like that, kind of like Corporal Brown said, they're not going to be as open to come to you if they don't see you in a different light and ask you to be a mentor or ask you to be, uh, or to help them out or to share any information with you. And, but by me being in the school and coaching and have an understanding 
of with the students, I was able to get, uh, you know, to 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 stop things in my in my in my school before they even started, like uh, like a shooting, you know, a person bring a gun to school because of me having a relationship with the students that I had. They would come to me and say, hey, such and such got a gun and he's in the breakfast cafeteria. And I was able to get on top of that before anything transpired. So I think just it shows a different outlet through like coaching, mentorship programs um, and just home follow follow ups, which is a part of our mentorship that we want to start doing those home follow ups. The community knows more than you. They relinquish that information to you because they see you in a different light outside of the uniform. And that's what it's all about. And, and some some reaction, some positive reaction kids only get from an officer is in the school. So if you take the police officers away, then some of the kids will probably just have all the stuff that the, that the news and media is feeding and it's all negative. So if we keep this, the police in the schools and then they may be able to know that officer on a, on a different level. And the officer may be able to learn the new trends and the new songs and all that other stuff from the students. So it's, it's learning both ways. It's not, it's not just the, um, the, the students learning from the officers. The officers are also learning from the students as well. I actually was going to get to that. I was going to ask both of you if, like, the reason why um, you, you see, as you um, said, that, you know, the younger students in the elementary schools um, they were so more, like much more receptive to you guys than, you know, the high schoolers, because obviously right. high schoolers have more access to social media and everything. And they have more access to, you know, the Internet to where they would see, you know, the negative um, portrayals of officers. So I just wanted to add like, when you, you guys really got that. So thank you for uh, <laughs> for, you know, making that um, <laughs> statement. So I wanted to ask. Um, as officers of color, how do you think the idea of police in schools can change um, can change so that the school to prison pipeline can end? Because I'm pretty sure you both know what the school to prison right. pipeline like uh, is. Um, me, I think, like we um, discussed before, the officers need to know and respect the students, and the students need to get to know and respect the officers. Respect goes both ways, and um, when, when Chasley um, when Chasley talked, he, he could add into this. But I, I went through the SRO training, and one of the big things, the big problems that they that said was the problem with the officers were the schools were were, were dependent on the officers to force school rules and stuff like that. No, the officer is, is there for for safety, but if someone is being destructive in the class. That's something that I believe the school um, staff should handle. You shouldn't have to call an officer to the classroom unless it's like threatening or somebody trying to hurt a teacher or another student or something like that. But somebody who's who's running the hallways and, and stuff like that, I believe the school should take care of that and, and not want to, and not rely on the officers to go down and take care of that. But if the officer had that relationship with that student, then they could say, hey, Scott, why you don't want to go to class? Then when the Scott may say, oh, well, this class is not interesting, then the officer could probably go in and talk to the counselor and say, hey, he's not interested in this type of class or, or, or he's not this type of learning style. Is that something that can, that can help that person out? So I just think that it had to be respect both ways. And um, we just had, had, to, had to understand each other. Yeah. 
I would I would say um as a as a former school police officer, I think it's it's uh, we have to all be all hands on deck. And the reason why I say that is is what showed me was is Corporal Brown is is right. They do try to relinquish that responsibility on the officer. However, if we work together, it's kind of like the movie uh Soul Food where the grandmother was saying that together. A family can strike a mighty blow, but a fist that is separated can't strike a blow that's as powerful. So I took the approach of having that relationship with my principal and and getting involved and just making sure that they see the unity there. Students needed to see the unity, especially teenagers. They needed to see that everybody was on the same page. Everybody was working together. Everybody was involved. Everybody was communicating. And I think that once the parents were sold into that, that helped them to see that their children were in good hands and that helped them to jump on board, knowing the fact that they wasn't alone and that they had support by any means, whatever that meant to them, where if they had a child that they couldn't control, because let's be honest, 90% of the time, these schools got children in it that's running the household. Parents don't really know, especially a lot of the single family households or single parent households with more than two children. You're trying to, you're trying to cater to everybody. And that older one is just slipping away, slipping away. But for, for me, it was like just a, just making sure that, it was a partnership and that no one felt alone. My principal all the way down to the janitor, to the cafeteria workers. I mean, I didn't have to, and I'm not saying that this is for every uh, school police officer, but in order to get to know your people, you have to be involved. And I made sure that when I was a school police officer, that I was in every, every lunch uh, session that there was, I was there. Um, beginning of school, I was outside on dismissal. At the end of school, I was there, excuse me, on arrival. At the end of school, I was there on dismissal. I did walk around my school. I wanted the kids to see me and everywhere I would walk the bathrooms just to make sure they wasn't in there smoking. Just being those eyes and ears out there for my principal helped her to know that she had somebody strong and that we worked together. And it got to a point to where if there was a fight or anything, the principal would be like, hey, Tanksley, I know you got that because I had that kind of impact with that student and not alone just that student, but the but the parent as well. So when the parent came in, we was able to provide mediation to where a kid didn't have to face the consequences that they normally would have, which ultimately helped them to not all the time, but most of the time helped them to, to go straight and get on the right path. And like Cobra Brown said, start playing sports and being occupied and, and getting involved with drama club and, and things of that nature. So it's very, very important that we play that that we all understand that in the schools there have to be a partnership. It's no one man. It takes a village to raise a family. It takes a village to raise those kids in schools because nobody in that school, especially not the principal or the officer, can be omnipresent. But communication is a must. And at the same time, they also the officer had to want to be there. Absolutely. I know some Absolutely. some some departments may send, oh, well, we just want to send the lazy officer there, or we just want to send an officer to the school for, for punishment. No, you had to want to be there. You, your heart has to be into it. You can't you can't not like kids or, or have a problem with, with children or teens and be a SRO because Absolutely. it's not gonna work. You're gonna have problems. So your heart has to be into it, just like Tinsley said. And I'm pretty sure um, PLC Tinsley, a lot of his off time 
he was on the phone with, dealing with the schools and, and doing stuff like that because his heart was into it. So the officer who was at the school, heart has to be into it. Absolutely. I agree. I definitely agree, too. So in a, in a nutshell, you got both of you are saying that in order to be um, in order for SROs to be in schools and to have like a better effect on on you know students, they have to have the motivation and they have to have the uh, communication skills, interpersonal skills with the principal and other um, people in the school in order for everything to work. Correct. <laughs> Well, 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 let me let me let me say this. Um, you you're basically correct in what you're saying, because we all have to we there together. Right. We're there together. And every person has a portion. Every person is there. The principal is there to oversee the school. But as an officer, you have to be there and understand what your purpose there is. And there has to be a presence. Right. And the thing about presence is, is you have to be able to feel that presence while that person is around and in your absence, then you know that your presence has been felt, right? Then you know that your impact has been made when you come in and you set the tone and and you're communicating with these kids and you're connected with those kids. Are you going to be able to touch everybody or not? But that presence alone, just showing that you want to be there, showing that you care, uh, having that heart. I always say that for me, it was a calling. It was a calling. And it kind of just reverts back to what Corporal Brown said. And you have to want to be there. Children are smart. They know what's genuine and they know what's not genuine. And you can get the best out of somebody when they feel that it's real, when they feel the love. And, and being there, you need everybody to be on the same page. So what you were saying, Vivian, is absolutely correct. Everybody must be on the same page. And how can that happen? Through communication. It has to. So really quick, I wanted to um, get to understand um, what is what are what is involved in SRO training, since both of you have obviously uh, uh, done it. Like, how was it? What were some of the things that you were told and things of that nature? Well, I mean, training is is absolutely environment. You know, you got to understand that your approach has to be totally different than being on the street. You you have to understand the. Uh, you have to understand the atmosphere in which you are in. We are in a young atmosphere. So no, we can't go and just put our hands on anybody. So for me, the training that I got was basically mental. It was a mental training of understanding you're dealing with youth. How do you reach the youth? You're not on the street locking up some drug dealer. You're not on the street locking up some, some guy that's constantly stealing and things of that nature. So there's a rule. I always like to say language. There's a language to everything. There's a language to being a doctor that only doctors understand. So when you go through that training, they're giving you the language to understand the atmosphere in which you would operate in. You have to be patient. You have to be kind. You have to be gentle. You have to be humble. You have to walk in humility. You have to walk in love. You have to walk in care. Why? Because as a school officer or any officer of that nature, you wear many hats. You wear, you could wear a father, brother, counselor, uncle, teacher. You could, you could wear a coach hat one day. You wear so many different hats that you have to understand the language of that atmosphere. That atmosphere is about love. When you're in that school, all you're trying to do is encourage and pour into somebody and show them that they are worth more than what they are. 
if you are, it's just like being a parent, but not being a parent. A parent job is to help, uh, is to steward an individual in the right direction to help them to become as most productive as they possibly can until they're able to make decisions for themselves. Well, we were placed in that school to make decisions of safety for them, to make sure that they, that's why truancy is very big. They're up the street at the, at the corner store. No, anything can happen. That's all I always used to give them uh, a, a scenario. What if a drive-by happened? I know people don't like hearing what is, but that didn't happen. But what if? It's not even an if, it's when it happens. And, and you have to look at the atmosphere. If you're where you're not supposed to be, anything can happen. So we're there on the safety cause. We're there to make sure that we're giving them the tools and, and resources to help them uh, become a productive individual in line with what the school has. So that means... If there's a fight, yeah, we first line a defense to be there. But that, but what can we, what, how can we remedy that situation? Does every situation have to be uh, 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 um, a suspension? No. Maybe we could pull that kid in. Maybe that kid was just fighting to protect themselves. Maybe that kid was getting bullied. Maybe that kid was, you know, going through. Uh, some problems at home, we want to get to the root of the issue. And that's why I'm saying you have to understand the language in which you are. It's not on the street where it's live or die. You on the street uh, to do this. I feel personally you're on the street to do the same thing to impact lives. But you're going to go about it a whole different way when you're dealing with youth and you can touch a youth and you can touch a, a young person. You know, uh, like Brian, I think uh, said earlier, there's children that want to be there's children that want to uh, be around you and they absorb everything that you have. And the older that you get, the less, the least your voice has any impact on their life because they want to do what they want to. So we want to touch them at an area where they're capable of being able to receive what we're saying out of love, embrace it, take it in and get nurtured. You know, you just can't leave it. You, you plant the seed. But then you constantly water the seed here and there whenever that opportunity arises. So I thought that my training always reverted back to a language. You had to understand the language in which you operate and the atmosphere in which you operate. And you carry that mission out and you should be all right. What you guys are saying, you um, it seems as well, obviously, since you're officers, you have like such a positive impact. on You obviously had a positive impact on the students that you um, helped out. Um, in your um, in your schools, basically, what do you think about um, the idea of the possible abolishment of SROs in schools? I think, um, to me, I think SROs should remain in the school. Um, I'm not really up to date on the purpose of of um, taking away the, the the SROs from from the school. But like I said before. Um, Sometimes the SROs are the only positive light that they see uh, um, is probably the only time that they see an officer acting in a positive way. And that's probably the only time that they can sit down and talk to an officer. And, and also, we're, uh, the SRO is there for, for protection. For a crime to occur, you need three things for a crime to occur. You need ability desire and opportunity. Only one of the things that we can control is the opportunity. So we have the SRO there in the school and someone thinking about doing something, just like PLC Tinsley said, somebody think about doing something, 
but no, because they have an officer there at the school, so I'm not going to do that, or I'm not going to go in and try to harm people because I know that that is an officer there. So that's taking away that opportunity. Um, and and um, like I said, if it, it was a problem with the officers being in the school, then maybe they, they're gonna like try to retrain, um, try try to make the selection. Whereas though they're not putting any old officer in the school who really don't want to be there, they put the officers that really really want to be there. PLC Tanksley was a coach a coach in the school. Um, so the students looked up to him as an officer, but also as that coach as well. Absolutely. Um, to abolish the to abolish the SRO program in any school would be abolishing the support. Um, there's a certain light. We all been students. There's a certain light that you look at your teacher in. And then what else do you have? Right. That's how I look at it. Like officers play such a significant role in raising a child. And in that time that you have in those eight hours, seven and a half hours that you have that that child in the school, they are being continuously nurtured. So I think that for them to abolish uh, having an SRO inside of a school would be damaging to 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 uh, the impact on youth. And with officers with the right with the right mindset with the right heart um, can can offer. So I, I just I disagree with them trying to take away SROs in a, in in a, in the school. Serves more than a purpose of safety. Safety is one of the main primary reasons why you're there. But the right person with the right heart with the right mindset can make an impact. I mean, I I just think Joe Clark would have had a better chance if he had. Uh, caring officers in the school, he wouldn't have had to put chains on doors. He would have been able to make an impact through his officers by by them being able to make connections and communicating with with the with the students. He wouldn't have had to worry about chaining doors to keep people out. For those who don't and know who saying, Joe Clark is, I'm sorry. For those who don't know who <laughs> Joe Clark is, that's from Lean on Me. So with Morgan Freeman, just so you know. Okay, right, go ahead. Right. And I'm not saying that that every officer that's 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 a part of the s the sro program is is doing the right thing i know the ones that that i've seen growing up were doing the right things uh well pfc tanksley discussed he was doing the right things the ones that that i see in the immediate er area of bladesburg um Bladesburg high school they they doing the right things and they protect them kids um but uh yes there, there could be some officers out there um there could be some officers out there that's, that's there just because they like the Monday through Friday schedule and they want to be off on weekends and holidays. There could be officers there because they're about to retire and they want to get off the road. Their heart's really not in it. So with that right there, we just need to reinvent the process on putting the officers who really should be there in the schools and take away the lazy officers who are doing more harm than, than, than positive stuff in the school. But how do we determine which um, police officers actually want to? Because, you know, isn't it um, up to, um, you know, you guys as supervisor, whether or not um, to assign you all to um, schools? Um, well, for Bladesburg, we don't have any officers in, in the schools right now. Um, myself and PLC Tanksley, we, we go visit the schools, but we're not 
Like we're not in the schools all day, every day. Um, Tink, you remember how they did it at in Baltimore City? Yeah, yeah. So, so in uh, Baltimore City, police officers have two two sides. You have a stationary side where the officers stay in the school all day, and then you have a mobile side, which I was on the mobile side. I started off on the stationary side, but I made it a habit to get in my vehicle and visit the other schools in my area and get to know those principals as well. And I became a mobile unit to where, you know, you work in the streets and you're able to, you know, back up Baltimore City Police. You be able to make some calls there. But your your main priority is 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 working in the school. So to get back to to, to what your question was is, as I believe that through the fruits of their work, then you will know who you have. See, so it's not about it's not about money. It's about time. It's about investment. You know, so I don't think you could ever hire somebody who's going to tell you what you want to hear so they can get the job if you got the right officer or not. I think by the fruits of their labor, you know, the investment, the time, the energy uh, put into uh, doing with that person that's going that extra mile. You know, I think that that I think that that would be um, I think that that is the number one. That's the number one. uh What's word I'm looking for? That's the number one way to see if you have the right individual place in the right place where they where they should be, because they're giving a hundred percent and it's not about a paycheck. But you can never know going in on an interview because on interviews you want the job and you're gonna say whatever you need to say to get the job. However, the fruits of their labor, meaning you know their actions, determine. You know, you can see a change. You can see the impact. You can see the outcome. You can see things happening. You can see the relationship being built. You can see uh, children uh, 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 or youth um, seeking officers, which is very, very rare. But you can see them seeking the officer for uh, for for support, for help. There, you know, I, I just think that that question right there is a very good question. But you just never know. And I always looked at it as uh, the fruits of the labor. What, what, what are they bringing to the table? What are they doing that's impacting these kids? Because everything has an has a uh, an outcome. So there's a beginning, there's an end, and and where you started at is not where you should be ending at in somebody's life. Even if you made a little, a little impact, a little, just a little impact in their life, you know, I think that that right there goes a long way. Okay, maybe like what PFC Tanksley has said that, um, and and I'm not sure how they do it out here. If like in six months or, or after the school year, they have like uh, evaluation. How was your school when you first arrived? How's your school now? Are you um, um have you um, uh, like do do you believe that you made a difference? And 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 are you a part of any mentoring groups? What extra that you put towards the school and um, just write down a, a child name who, who who you spoke with on on this day or that day. Did, did you go to any classes and visit any classes and, and, and talk to any students? So even if they have like a, uh, um, uh, in the, uh, the semester checklist, like how the kids get report cards and stuff like that, and maybe even the staff could do like a report card or something the show, okay, hey, this officer did this, this, that, or no, this officer sat in this office every day, 
and he's always fussing at the students, cussing them out and harassing them, then, yeah, that person shouldn't be uh, um, a SRO versus someone to say, yeah, he's going out there, he's talking to the kids, he's at every every um, lunch session at the cafeteria, he's part of the basketball team, um, he's doing this, he's doing that, she's doing this, she's doing that, then, yeah, that person right there should be a part of the SRO program. I actually like that idea. It, it just makes, it, it helps to, um, for um, teachers to be more aware of like what's, who's around like their students because they're kind of the most, they're most likely like around the students more so. And plus the students are more, um, they find teachers more approachable. So they would like tell, probably tell the teachers about um, the officer's behavior and things of that nature. I think that's a really good idea. So, um, so I have one more question and I think um, it's it's nothing to do with SROs or um, <laughs> um, the school to prison pipeline period, but I just wanted to know if, um, since you're both black men and law enforcement in today's society, like these two elements tend to conflict with each other for obvious reasons. So can you share your experience being a law enforcement officer of color? And um, were there any internal conflicts that you experienced at the beginning of your career or even um, during the summer of 2020 when the entire, when there was the issue of police brutality coming up again? I know at one point of time, I was getting it from, from, from both ends. Um, the black citizens um, <laughs> was calling some of us Uncle Tom's traitors and, and, and stuff like that. And you only working for the white man, and you and you out here killing us. And I'm, I understand that frustration, but at the same time, I haven't killed anyone. I, I, I haven't done anything like that. But instead of knowing me as a person, they would like to attack. I would say they would like to attack my uniform and my badge. Um, it got to it got to the point where I'm driving down the street, middle finger here, yelling out the window and, and all this other stuff. I'm like, do I really, really want to do this or do I want to just go ahead and, and just put in my application to be a firefighter? But then um, uh, the same day I was driving down the street and somebody was blowing their horn, blowing their horn. And normally when they do that, I, I don't I don't look because it's followed by a finger. But I looked and wrote down the window and the lady told me, thank you. And she said, we appreciate everything that that you're doing and that right there just put a smile on my face the majority of, of, of the citizens love the police mm-hmm. a lot of people love the police but it's the people who don't like the police i would say voice sometimes is is louder um do, mm-hmm. do i feel like uncle tom no do i feel like a traitor no i feel like that i'm making a difference in, in, in the community, um, doing stuff like this, doing stuff with the community, trying to bridge that gap. I'm doing a difference in, in the community. And anyone out there, if, if they feel as though the police is, 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 is doing wrong, then, okay, put in the application, go through the academy, go through the training, and come, and come make it right. Or if you don't want to do it like that, we do. We have community, um, community police academies and we're going to work on another one in the springtime. But just come and just see what it's like to be a police officer. Deal with stress at home sometimes and come into work and, and deal with even worse stress. It, 
it's stressful and the job could be stressful. We would like to put you in that stressful situation when you come through um, our Citizen Police Academy. But I love the job, love the community. And um, just at one time, just I thought about giving it up because it, it, it also makes me mad because we do so much in the community. But then when an officer go out there and do something that 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 make it harder for us and we get angry at like, dude, why didn't you do that? Life is so precious. Life is so precious. And and, and some officers just believe that bad than that gun. They could, they could just do whatever, but no, we, we're humans. We bleed just like everyone else bleeds. Right, 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 right. I would, I would probably have to say that um, I don't think that I've ever really faced it personally. I've heard things, and I've always took it as a moment to be able to share or enlighten somebody's mind by telling them, you have to judge every officer off of your own personal encounter because every officer is not the same. We don't think alike nor do we look alike. We may have the same skin tone, but everybody has their own brain and everybody would would uh, go about a situation in different ways. So I just try and tell them the way you encounter an officer, then you're capable of making a judgment of that officer that you encountered. But we can't make a judgment off of things that we don't, that we haven't encountered or that we haven't actually acted out ourselves. So for somebody to come up to me and say I'm a traitor or anything like that, I don't, I wouldn't even pay any attention to it. I would just use it as a moment to, to enlighten them and just let them know that you have to judge that officer off of their own personal encounter with you. You don't go off of somebody else's experience, go off your own experience. And if you don't put yourself in that position, we, we, we remain your best friends. I believe, I think that's messed up how, both of you have to deal with the idea of being called a traitor by your own people. I mean, it's the the idea of people like you, like black men who are usually targeted by law enforcement going into um, going into these spaces, going into these spaces. I feel like it's important because then law enforcement has like a new face. It has a new perspective so that there will be some sort of change. There'll be a difference in policies and things of that nature. So that, um, so it's essentially, you guys are helping our people um, do uh, get, um, be like so much, um, have a, like a better chance at a better society basically. So just thank you guys for your service. I really want to say that really well, quick. Okay, so, um, Thank both. Thank you both for um, being on this um, podcast, this episode. I think it's it was amazing how you um, gave us your perspective about and just making sure that letting it be known that there are bad officers and there are bad SROs who are in schools. But you both gave um, incredible points that should be used in the hearing for the bill and things like that. So thank you guys for uh, sharing your perspective and also. Uh, you know, your service, definitely. I appreciate you guys. Well, <laughs> thank you. Welcome. Thanks for having thank us. And, and if anybody, um, it's my last word, I just want to say I truly believe SRO should, should stay. Um, we could get the bad ones out and put replace them with the good ones, replace them with the ones who want to be there. I'm second that emotion. All right, so this was the, this was Unarmed, a stand-up podcast. My name is Vivian ABCK, and be sure 
to check back with us next week. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you.